This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Okay, so on the men's side, um, there is no longer a warning uh, for players uh, flopping. So I was wrong on that. No warning? No warning on the men's okay. side, but on the women's side, there is. Okay. I, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know the reason. I don't know the reason for that. But I, you have already been warned. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but don't do it at any rate. So on one end, yes. On the other end, uh, no. I, um, I mean, really, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, right? I mean, warning a woman not to do something and you've already angered her. <laughs> What's the point of warning them? Just tee them up. <laughs> already mad, right? right? How dare you warn me? Right. Okay. You, you've already made it mad. Just right. at that point, call the flop. Right. And I mean, anybody that's ever kind of said something to their spouse and they're, yeah. then they look at you, they look at you with those beady little eyes and they say, are you warning me? <laughs> are you threatening me? Are you? <laughs> no, no. By by no means am I doing that. No, not. No, no. It's just a, a thought, a suggestion, just a recommendation, just uh, had something kind of running through my head. I don't know what I was thinking by saying it out loud kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. All those, all those, all those things. So. So that that cleans that mess up. So no need to ask the head coach about that. Now you can ask him about what his thoughts are with regard to flopping. But you know you could. <laughs> so if you could, you could, you could see that. Um, what do you, I, I, I think? I find this very curious. The uh, Seattle Seahawks have made a, a head coaching hire. Uh, they have hired uh, Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald or MacDonald. Uh, he gets a six-year contract, according to ESPN. He is a young, young man. He is uh, 36 years old. He is now the NFL's youngest head coach. Uh, when you consider that Pete Carroll was 72 and one of the oldest, um, now they've got one of the youngest. And what that means is is that Dan Quinn doesn't get to go back to his old stomping grounds there in Seattle and be a head coach and Basically, it leaves him with uh, the Washington Commanders uh, and that job. And you wonder, um, how good a job is that compared to Seattle and maybe him sticking it out in Dallas? Yeah, maybe the Cowboys are going to benefit from being so bad defensively in the mm-hmm. playoff game. Maybe so. Because um, it, it feels like his, his star got a little dimmer after that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're right. So... Uh, it's just uh, fascinating that the Seahawks are going from uh, oldest to youngest, and uh, he is uh, 16 months younger than Jared Mayo, who was uh, the guy that was hired to succeed Bill Belichick, who's like 71. And Bill Belichick, he basically got just an interview with uh, the Atlanta Falcons, and that and that was it. And the Atlanta Falcons front office uh, convinced uh, the owner Arthur Blank that it'd be better to go with. Raheem Morris than Bill Belichick because Raheem Morris there'd be some sense of order whereas with in terms of what they're presently doing not saying that that's been very successful because they just fired their coach but if you hire Bill Belichick you're you're basically 
turning the whole organization over to him, or at least that's what it seems. Seems like that's what he wants. Yeah, it feels like if you're hiring Belichick, you're starting from scratch. Yeah. He's got to bring his people in. Mm-hmm. He's Bill Belichick doesn't seem like the guy that's just going to, I'm just going to slide in here and we're all going to work together. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And, and doesn't seem like the guy that's just, that says, Hey, I'm just, I'm just going to be the coach. No. Yeah. Absolutely I'm, right. I'm going to, I'm going to get the groceries too. Like, uh, like Bill Parcells wanted to do. But with all that having been said, um, our man in our man in Dallas, I say our man, I'm being facetious when I say that, uh, Jerry Jones, he just he can't help himself. Uh, somebody from Yahoo Sports was talking to him at the Senior Bowl, and the Cowboy owner and general manager said, there's no doubt he could work with Bill Belichick, whom he calls a friend. Now, You've just kind of had this, you know, rough little spell here where the playoffs didn't go like you wanted it to, and you've retained your head coach, and all of a sudden you say, I know him personally, and I like him. There is no doubt in my mind we could work together. None. (laughs) What's going through Mike McCarthy's mind? Well, I guess he's going to be working with Bill Belichick next year after we fail in the playoffs again this coming year. Yeah, I think you'd probably need to hear the whole quote. Jerry would have been really dumb there if he didn't say, listen, Mike McCarthy is my guy. Mm-hmm. He's our head coach, and I have all the confidence in the world of him in, in him. But if you're asking me, could I work with Bill Belichick? Yeah, sure, I could. Yeah. Okay, so if unless he said something to the effect of, I'm not worried about Bill Belichick right now. Mike McCarthy's my guy. That's pretty dumb of Jerry. He, uh, but the, we know journalists, they're just going to take the clip out of the quote sure. that we want, and sure. it's going to lead guys like you to be like, well, what happens to Mike McCarthy? But he may have said something about Mike McCarthy. So he, here's, here's, here's the rest. Here's what he said. He said, I thought we made a pretty good move four years ago when we hired Mike McCarthy, and he's had some great in-season success. Now he's come up short three times and advanced us in the playoffs, but I like the fact that he's hanging around the rim, and I like what the team has done to hang around the rim. So I think what the answer I, that I would have is that I'm aware that we're hanging around the rim. We're not getting the ball in, but when you hang around the rim, let's don't discount hanging around the rim. Where we are right now with the players we've got, and I'm thinking about it from the whole look. Jerry, you're an idiot. <laughs> I figured it out. Jerry is an idiot. It's taken me until February 1st, 2024 to figure this out. Jerry Jones thinks he bought a basketball team. I mean... Why you're bringing up? Yeah, he's come up through sure three times, and I mean you're criticizing him at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he also said that uh, he's either your coach or he's not your right. coach. He said Belichick is maybe at the top of his pre- profession, but called it ridiculous that one person automatically assures you a Super Bowl. He said that's too high an expectation for him. But he, is he maybe the greatest foot pro football coach of all time? Could very well be. He is a friend, and I like him, and I want to make real clear I wouldn't have any problem working with him. (laughs) But, Mike McCarthy, you are hanging around the rim, and your team is hanging around the rim. Now, we got to get the ball in the hole. It's going to be a whole year of this question, Jamie. It's going to be a whole year, because McCarthy's not under the contract after this. He's got he's one on more one, year in his contract. He's on that's a one it. Year deal. Yeah. He doesn't have to get fired. He can just walk away. Mm-hmm. Whole year of this stinking mess. Uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. 
Uh, Jerry's recent comments about going all in have been bothering me. Is he suggesting that the team hasn't fully committed to winning in the last 25 years? If the team isn't planning to extend Dak Prescott's contract, then they should consider trading him. However, if they do plan on extending his contract, then Jerry Jones is the one who is holding the team back. Jerry prefers to maintain an average performance rather than being great or bad. It is okay for teams to start over every few years. Yeah. Can I agree with half of that? Yeah, I saw the comment and I was fear. I was like, I texted it to Jamie and Jamie flat out said, well, that triggered you. He's right. It did. Because what the heck have you been doing since 1995? Mm-hmm. Not trying to go for it? Why yeah. to somebody else? Um, but so I'm with the, the texture here that Mm -hmm. what are you, are you listening to the words coming out of your mouth comment? Absolutely. Um, the extending deck, keeping deck, I'm kind of in the same path he is, but say what you will. Jerry wants to win, but, but he's not good at it, Yeah, but but he wants to, it's the old Bob Knight thing. Everybody wants to win. Jerry wants to win. It's the preparing to win. That's the hard part that Jerry can't figure out. And by preparing, you mean letting somebody else make football decisions. Yeah. And, and, and Jerry wants to win, but he wants to be more the reason involved that they that they, than he needs to be. Okay. And he, his ego is getting in the way in that regard. The comment about the Cowboys not being willing to take a big step back and start over again, I just think there's different, there's some franchises that just don't do that. The Cowboys are one of them. I mean, they did it once. And that's really the one time they ever did it. I mean, there's just some franchise just don't, I mean, I, the Yankees don't either. And I've begged them for years to, you know, hey, let's scrap this thing and get young and start over. But those two franchises just don't. Yeah. They yeah. just don't. And I don't know if that's because they think their fan base won't accept it or if they're just the egos get in the way. Because we both, both know, or they all know, they both have massive egos, those two franchises. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Today is February 1st, 2024. Here is Jeff McGuire. Going to start in 1950. Green Bay Packers founder, player, and coach, Curly Lambeau, resigns. After 31 seasons and six titles to his credit. Mm, he must have been good. They should name the field after him. <laughs> he was colorful. I mean, uh, just do a little Wikipedia on uh, Curly Lambeau. And, yeah. What was his real name? Uh, Jeff, I thought you just said it. Curly is the name I've got. Yeah, that's okay. why I said Curly. Yeah, no, I thought surely he had a real name. His name, his his name was Earl Lewis. Okay, Curly. I'd have gone Lambeau. by Curly too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Earl. Nineteen sixty-two. Major League Baseball's National League releases its first one hundred and sixty-two game schedule due to expansion. Eighteen games between opponents. Mm. 1966, Texas Tech Senior AA's opens a month of three 40-point games with 43 in a 92-89 to win over TCU for their fourth straight victory. Dang. And that's with no three-point shot. He had three in a month? Three in a month. Wow. He was a great, great player for Texas Tech. No, No question about it. 1968, 
Vince Lombardi steps down as the NFL Green Bay Packers head coach in favor of a longtime assistant, Phil Bennington. Stays with the Packers as a general manager for 1968. Wow. Yeah, Phil Bennington did not work out. And then uh, they went to their star quarterback, Bart Starr, and he didn't work out. I mean, you can make the argument none of them really worked out until Mike McCarthy got back there. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. For their expectations. Much yeah. like no one has worked out since Jimmy Johnson. Was he hanging around the rim there a lot? Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, 1992, 1992, slugging outfielder Barry Bonds signs the highest single-year contract in Major League Baseball history to this point. $4.7 million to play for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I wonder if they're paying their highest-paid player right now, $4.7 million. Mm. I think that's a fair look into. I'm, I'm sure they are. Yeah, I don't know. They don't like to spend all their money. In 1995, Utah Jazz guard John Stockton passes Magic Johnson's all-time NBA assist mark of 9,221 in a 129-98 win over the Denver Nuggets at the Delta Center in Salt Lake City. He was a good one. And in 2014, American businessman and lawyer Adam Silver becomes the fifth NBA commissioner. It is National Canned Food, Chocolate Lovers, Cherry, Grapefruit, Grapefruit, excuse me, Snack Food, Potato Lovers, and Return Shopping Carts to the Supermarket, and Hot Breakfast Month. Wow. I'd like to put those on a list and rank best to the least. Okay. Um, return the Shopping Cart. It's number one on the list. Or at least put it in like one of the little Put it things. in the deal. Yeah. Like if you don't want to take it up to the... I get it. But you don't have to leave it in the middle oh, of the yeah, parking no, lot. No, I don't mean... Re, I, I, okay. Yeah, that's totally fair. Completely agree. Completely agree with you guys. Um, potato lovers would be the second best one, right? If you could cut out... If you had to cut out one in your life, would you cut out chocolate or potatoes? I'd much rather cut out chocolate than potatoes. Yeah, I'd rather cut out chocolate. Yeah, me there. too. Uh, but snack food is in here too. And I could say that both potatoes and chocolate become snack food. What potatoes are you snacking on? French fries. That's a snack. That can be a snack. It can be, but I mean 99 of 100 times. Sure, it's a side. With a burger, right. Uh, it's uh, also National Cake Pops Baked Alaska and Dark Chocolate Day. Mm. Cake Pops are like the lollipop cake mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I'm I'd, not a fan of the, uh, huge fan of the dark chocolate. Um, I know it's I'm better with, for you. but I'm, I'm with Jamie on that. Do you like the Cake Pops? Um, I think yeah. I've had one in my life. Yeah, I think that's a, the little boys uh, like it, mm -hmm. but the phenoms like it, but I'm not, I'm not a big fan. Uh, did it, where are we at? Harry Styles is 50. Ronda Rousey, 37. Michael C. Hall, who is Dexter, is 53. Polly Shore, 56. And uh, Kevin Martin, 41. And on this day in 2003, Space Shuttle Columbia breaks up while entering the atmosphere over Texas, killing all seven members on board. The first debris began falling to the ground just west of Lubbock at around 8.58 a.m., one minute later, the last communication from the crew was heard, and at 9 a.m., the shuttle disintegrated 
over northeast Texas near Dallas. Residents in the area heard a loud boom and saw streaks of smoke in the sky. Debris and the remains of the crew were found in more than 2,000 locations across East Texas, Arkansas, and Louisiana. Making this tragedy even worse, two pilots on board a search helicopter were killed in a crash while looking for debris. Strangely enough, though, worms that the crew had used in a study that were stored in a container on board survived the crash. And that is this day in sports history. And Willie McCool, who was aboard that, uh, who went to high school here, his parents still live in Lubbock. And they are uh, they are a prince of people. I'll just say that. I've had the pleasure of meeting him. And uh, Mr. McCool is a, a true gentleman, as is his wife, is a absolute uh, very nice person. So if you've uh, run into him before, you know. Uh, 6.52 this morning here on the morning drive. So something you talked about the other day, <clears throat> Jeff, with the eclipse that's coming up. See. April the 8th will be uh, the date for that. And over the city of Cleveland at 2.13 p.m. that day, we'll experience a total solar eclipse. It's a once in a generation event like you talked about uh, for the first time since 1806. For Cleveland. For Cleveland. Uh, it happens only three times in a 638-year span. So the Cleveland Indians are trying to determine how they're going to handle the baseball game that day. Uh, the eclipse will last about four minutes. Um, Cleveland traditionally has started their home openers at 4.10 p.m. Um, that will fall in the partial eclipse window. And um, so what they're, what they're trying to determine is, do they open up the ballpark to let people come in to experience the eclipse um, as it's happening at, at 3.13 p.m.? 2.13 our time. Um, Sounds like a great way to sell some hot dogs. And some cold beer, right. Uh, and pass out Cleveland Indian official licensed uh, glasses. Yes, that would be sponsored. That would be a giveaway that day. Yes. Why is this a debate? What are they debating? They're debating um, as to what time to start the game, and they're debating as to um, whether to open up the ballpark uh, that day early. Yes, and you open up the ballpark early and you start it right after the eclipse is finished. The uh, Why is this a hard decision? I, I, I don't know, but, okay. a, but apparently uh, Cleveland officials are expecting 200,000 visitors to go to the city just to view the eclipse. 50,000 are expected to attend an event at the Great Lakes Science Center where NASA is setting up one of three national broadcasting hubs. And the women's final four takes place right before that, April 5th through 7th. Um, and then they, they expect 35000 for the uh, Cleveland uh, Guardians game. And uh, they feel like downtown will be bursting at the seams. I think that'd be pretty cool uh, to see that. Again, the, the window is, is not very long for the total, total eclipse of the sun. Uh, but that'd be pretty cool. Uh, turn the lights on and throw first pitch for the eclipse. Wouldn't that be something? No. No? You let everybody watch the eclipse, and then you throw the first pitch. Okay. Okay. You, it, the, you get the, the sun coming back. Everybody's already seen the big event, and then you can start your baseball game. You don't want to interrupt the baseball game with a, a once-in-a-lifetime moment. Yeah, it's the first time since 1806, which is 13 years before the birth of Abner Doubleday. Why is this hard? Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. 
7.15 this morning here on the Morning Drive. All right, I have a, a number of articles I just kind of want you to give me your thoughts on real quick and comment on and your level of concern or care or things along those lines. They aren't making a confederation, are they? The articles. Articles. No. Uh-uh. Okay. My level I would be against that. How much sleep you get last night? Plenty. Quite, yeah. Which is why I know about the articles of confederation, which, you know... He's did some things. We are, Jeff. I, I, I mean, Chuck. Oh, I, I know. He's I mean, smarter than he knows I mean, all sorts of stuff. Okay. He's got a quick trigger too. All right. Uh, World Series MVP Corey Seager had surgery on Tuesday for a left sports hernia repair. He'll miss most of spring training. Uh, the general manager Chris Young said the operation was performed in Arizona. He described his level of concern as very low. Seager will remain in Arizona to begin his rehab. Rangers are hopeful he'll be ready by opening day. Young said, I'm not going to commit to a hard timeline. The hope is by the end of the spring, he'll have resumed baseball activity and will be pretty close to full speed at that point. Yeah, I'm concerned that he'll be ready for opening day, but not concerned in the long haul. Yeah. So it might take him a little bit of time to, even if he is ready, to to get back to being the great player that he is. But uh, you wouldn't think it would take too long. And all we heard all season long was how dedicated he was to his routine every day and getting mm-hmm. ready to play at the ballpark every day. So, uh, zero worry. Okay. Uh, they had uh, been treating it. It was a, a minor treatment uh, during uh, the postseason. Uh, they originally thought that uh, rest would would get it, uh, would help him. Um, but then they they were worried about the chance that it might continue to get worse. And so, they just went ahead and... Uh, and made that happen and, and got that done. So I I, I always like it. I'm, one, it's it's better if you have that done almost right away. But I understand, you know, when it's surgery on somebody else, you know, it's I thought, well, why did you just go ahead and get it done? But obviously they were trying to see if it would if it would heal, but it didn't. So I'd rather get done now than you know June when it pops back up and goes, hey, this, you just can't play anymore, and you know, takes a month off in the middle of the season. I think that's exactly what the Rangers are doing. Yeah. And uh, so that was, and and it was uh, Seager's decision to, to do that. All right. Uh, Baltimore Orioles being sold. Uh, the group includes Cal Ripken Jr. and Grant Hill. Um, the, um, the Angelos uh, family is, uh, is selling a controlling stake, um, to a group uh, that includes those two guys, and uh, it's headed by David Rubenstein. He is uh, a Baltimore native, so you would think that uh, the Orioles have uh, a big chance of not going anywhere, but it's $1.725 billion. Uh, the Angelos family will still have a substantial stake in that. It's always. It seems like this is a good deal for Baltimore. Um Seems like that this those those guys probably make a, a even bigger investment in what's going on there. No, that's good news. I mean, going back to what you suggested, um, my care is zero, mm-hmm. but I think it is good for Baltimore, and uh, I think it's great that Cal Ripken's going to be involved in the ownership there. Yeah, and uh, he's excited about that. He's obviously been a part of the Orioles since he was a child. Obviously, his dad was, you know, once a coach there, a longtime coach there, and then also had. Um, had spent some time as a uh, as a manager. It didn't really quite work out for for him as a as a manager, but you know, at any rate, it it was kind of one of those kind of those deals. It was it was what it was. All yeah, right, sure, they were pretty bad when he was the man. They were, yeah. they were, they were. 
Uh, all right, so they uh, they came out with a, a coaching hot seat. Um, ESPN did uh, for the coming year, and uh, at the top of the list is uh, Sam Pittman from Arkansas, but also on this list is Dave Aranda from Baylor. Can he get it turned around, or does he well, get he shown re- the shown if he the door? Can recruit, he can, and from what we've seen. It hasn't been great of late recruiting mm-hmm. wise, and then the product on the field has not been great as well. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got to be on the hot seat. Uh, Baylor's gone nine and sixteen, including a three and nine mark last year, and all, that all started with that that home loss to Texas State, and then they had five straight uh, losses to end the season. Uh, they'll have a new play caller in Jake Spavital. And then Dave Aranda is going to be the play caller on defense. And that's where he, you know, made his money was on the, on the defense. Uh, the speculation is that uh, Aranda would need six or seven wins uh, to retain his job uh, this coming year. Um, also on this, uh, on this list is Kalani Saitake from BYU. So he has an extension right now that takes him through the 2027 season. Um, BYU went eight and five in 2022 and five and seven in the big 12 last year. Apparently he's a popular BYU alum who has had only one other losing season, but after dropping five straight to end the season, uh, he could use a quote, strong start to quiet down any hot seat talk. I mean, we don't know enough yet about the newbies to know the nuances of their fan bases and, you know, who's a popular alum and who's not, but, you know, they, unfortunately they had a win over the Red Raiders. Maybe if you'd, maybe if the Red Raiders had, had won that day, that would have been another nail in his coffin. Mm-hmm. You ever seen the story where they mentioned an unpopular alum? <laughs> <laughs> uh, unpopular alums become when they, when they lose much football games, but they're still, still popular with some, right? <clears throat> no, that's a, Oh, I'm sure there'd be people around here that would put Cliff Kingsbury on the list. Mm-hmm. I would be completely against those people, but yeah, I mean, um, this would say unpopular alum. Correct. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you make a great point. Uh, no, I've never seen an article where <laughs> I see somebody say hey, he's a head coach, but he's an unpopular alum. You know. I mean, do we have any like serial killers in our that is an, an alum of Tech? Right. Didn't, didn't we have somebody that was involved in shooting a president? Yeah, John Hinckley. Okay, well, he, he, I, he's, he feels like he's, he's not, a, he's not exactly a, popular. He's a former student. You know, he didn't. Well, that makes you an alum. alum. Yeah. Well, I, I view alum as somebody that graduated. Well, you it's can, not, but we're going to go by yeah, the definition. But the world definition is different. You can have your that's own true. definition. That's true. That's, that's why true. there's alum and right. graduate. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Two different terms. Right. That's right. <laughs> and, and didn't. Uh, the Unabomber go to UC, uh, not UCLA, uh, USC. I Isn't don't that know where he was from. I, I or, don't no, know. he was from Berkeley. I don't know. We, Berkeley. That, that was a quick. That was a quick leap there from. Well, no, you're talking Hinkley. about unpopular I know, alums. I, I know, right, right? I think he would go on. John Hinckley would Jeffrey be. Jeffrey Dahmer go to school somewhere. Sure, I mean, these I'm are sure. some people yeah. that we've got to look at. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> Charlie Manson. I don't know. You know. <laughs> you know. Um. On the retirement watch list, okay? Retirement watch list. Yeah. Mac Brown is on this list. He'll turn 73 right before the season starts. 
Um, you know, they have been really good with him back at uh, at North Carolina. I, I think he. There have been times when you felt like they were climbing to the start of the hill. Like last year, they were six and zero. Um, and the thought is, is that if they had won the ACC, that he may have you know retired. Um, a strong 2024 season would allow him to hand over the program in good shape, possibly to a clear-cut successor. Uh, this article says Brown still has great energy, but it's hard to see him in that role much longer. Yeah, he's 73. I mean, how much more do you want to do you want to do this? Um, Kyle Whittingham uh, from Utah also on this list for retirement. Yes, and apparently this is what he how old is. is he? Well, he has stated that he doesn't expect to be coaching past his 65th birthday. And he'll celebrate that on November 21st. Uh, so they say he has already cemented himself as the most significant coach in Utah history, winning two Pac-12 titles in a Mountain West title and recording nine AP Top 25 finishes. Uh, he said, they says this, uh, obviously Utah is going to be in the Big 12 this year, would love to reach the college football playoff in his career, but he doesn't have anything left to prove and could see this season as a natural end point especially with successor Morgan Scaly in place. Yeah, the whole doesn't have anything left to prove thing. I think there's plenty of coaches that don't have anything left to prove. That still coach. That still coach because yeah. they love coaching. Yeah. But if, if he's a guy that maybe is feeling like, you know, I'm ready to move on and mm-hmm. enjoy life with the grandkids and all that, then yeah. more power to him. Yeah. Uh, another guy on the retirement watch list is Kurt Ferentz at uh, Iowa. He is going to be 69 on August the 1st. By the way, unpopular alum, Jeffrey Dahmer, the Ohio State University. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Very nice. Love it. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Uh, I heard uh, the fellows on the bottom line talking about this yesterday, and I thought, that sounds like fun. I, I would like to have a little crack at that. We'll talk about the Big 12 football schedule and maybe... Uh, See what we can do if we if we had control of it. What would we do a little bit different? At uh, seven forty-five, it is the boom, boom, boom. And next, Jamie's question of the day. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T ninety-seven-three. Okay, we're going to Red Raider football. We're actually going to Big Twelve football. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I am going to ask you a two-parter here. I want you to predict predict the Big 12 championship game, and I want you to give me one dark horse candidate that you think is not being talked about enough that mm. could be really good, but you can't pick the Red Raiders. Cannot pick the Red Raiders. For the second part. If you want to say they're in the championship game, I'll allow that. Okay. But you can't pick them as a team that's not being talked about enough. Okay. My goodness. Team that is not being talked about enough. Start with the championship game. All right, we'll start with the championship game. Uh, I think Oklahoma State's going to be in the championship game. And um, I will say that they'll... uh, I want to... I'll say it'll be Oklahoma State and Kansas State playing for the Big 12 championship. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. A team that's not being talked about enough... Or maybe just... A dark horse. Yeah. A dark horse. Uh, I think the Red Raiders will be a dark horse. 
Um, but you said I couldn't pick them, right? Right. Okay. But I do think they will be. Uh, but you said I, I couldn't think so. You you said I couldn't pick them. Um, I I don't think they'll because I think they'll get some love. I think Kansas will get some love uh, for the for the Big Twelve. I don't think they're a dark horse though. Um, okay, I'll say a, a dark horse will be UCF because I think Gus Malzahn's a good coach. I think they have. I think they put together. I think he's he's put together championship teams before. I think that's a obviously it's a fertile recruiting base. Um, I think they're kind of underneath the radar right now. So I'll say UCF is a dark horse. Okay. Okay. So I'm looking at the list of all of the new Big Twelve teams and the as in the new new Big Twelve, not mm-hmm. the just the incoming teams that are coming in. And I'm finding it hard to have anybody placed above Kansas State and Oklahoma State for the championship game. Kansas State's just been too consistent. Mm-hmm. And they've been there. Um, and I think Oklahoma State is a really good football team, which is kind of why I want to play them so we can beat them and and take their place as a Red Raider. Um, so I hate that I got the same answer as Chuck there, but I, I can't make an argument to out place either of those two guys um uh, for a dark horse and this is more of an unknown factor than probably anything else uh utah yeah that's a good answer uh because they're used to power five plant games mm-hmm. that this is not a this is not a coming in from a, a non-power five conference that, they they know what it's like week in and week out. There won't be any surprises for the type of competition they're going to be playing. But we're not even like yesterday was a prime example. I was looking at Oklahoma State's schedule and wondering how they had four non-conference games because they open up with Utah. Mm-hmm. Like that's not even being brought up. Okay, I think uh, I think the championship game is going to be Kansas State and the winner of that game that you just referenced, Utah and Oklahoma State. Okay, so I'm going to lean towards Utah. So I'm going to say Utah and, and Kansas State. I think <clears throat> I think Oklahoma State is definitely really close. Is uh, is a team right there near the top? I'd like to think the Red Raiders will be there. I think the team that that uh, I have as the dark horse to be in a Big Twelve title game is Kansas. Uh, if they can get their quarterback to actually stay healthy, that would be massive. I just think that program's going in the right direction. Um, great coach, all the above, and and I just their offense is good. Uh, they got their running back back, who's pretty good as well. I just think the Jayhawks are are going to be even better than they were this past year because they, you know, couldn't keep their quarterback healthy, mm-hmm. and, and he was you know picked as preseason offensive player of the year, right? And mm-hmm. and you don't have him for most of the season. That's mm-hmm. a big difference. So uh, the Jayhawks are my dark horse. Okay. Uh, somebody out the Yates Flooring Center chat line said Arizona Dark Horse. I, I probably would have agreed with you, but... With I wouldn't the, have called him a Dark Horse a few weeks ago, but all the drama that they've had there, I feel like they're not... You yeah, know, they've kind of been right. pushed back, so maybe they yeah. will be in, in regards to that they get it figured out and mm-hmm. the coaching change doesn't affect them, and all of a sudden they're right back to where they were. Yeah, I, I, maybe Dark Horse was not necessarily the right word, but I mean... I w- I would have had them in contentions to uh, make a lot of noise in the Big 12. And like you said, who knows? Maybe they still mm-hmm. will. You know, they're not going to 
It's because they lost their coach. They're not losing all their players. They've lost some. Uh, this uh, Utah versus Oklahoma State, uh, Dark Horse, uh, West Virginia, last year might have been the year that Neil Brown starts to get it rolling. You know, sometimes you have to get over the hump. You have to survive. Um, I mean, there have been, you know, tons and tons and tons of really successful coaches who have had long tenures at, at places that early on it didn't look like they were going to make it. And for whatever reason, they got an extra year or, you know, circumstances happened where they, they got to, to stay an extra year and then they, they were able to get it rolling. So uh, it'll be, uh, be interesting. Uh, somebody says this, uh, wow, no Kool-Aid drinkers on this morning show. Uh, no, we're Kool-Aid drinkers. We just... We, I don't think 9-3 and three gets you there. To the Big 12 championship game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Probably. And and I don't know the and we also were told we couldn't put tech in the dark horse. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. So Well just because we all talk about them and we all sure. think they're gonna be right there. We know Sure. That. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and we were just following the rules, man. Like Jamie said we couldn't. <clears throat> Blame him. It's not our fault. Uh somebody <laughs> says tech versus Kansas State team not talked about enough is West Virginia. I mean they're they're gonna get they're gonna get a lot of talk uh this next year. Um <laughs> how weird is it that we're not talking about texas oklahoma with your question it's just bizarre that they are not part of the conversation right because they aren't going to be here next year <laughs> suck it guys i mean it just it is it, it just it is it is what it is um it'll be it'll be interesting to see do you think okay so it's just kind of flash forward just a, a little bit do you think texas and or oklahoma will be in the 12-team college football playoff next year. I could see Texas, possibly. We'll see. Okay. Mm-hmm. As, as you think just – so let's just say one of them, right? Yeah. Um, how many teams out of the Big 12 do you think potentially would make it to the Big tw- to the college football playoff? Think you can get two? I, I mean, it's possible. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know – it's hard to to predict, but I would guess it's going to be just one. Just one. Yeah. Just the Big 12 champion. And out of the SEC, would you surmise that they would get two? Because you see three? Uh, yeah, three. Yeah. That'd be my guess. And Big at 10. Least, at least. Big 10, you could see two, maybe three. Both um, Michigan and Jeffrey Dahmer University. Yeah. You would expect them to both be in. Yeah. Yeah. That's my new name for them, by the way. Jeffrey Dahmer. That's going to stick forever. That's going to stick forever. Yeah. Uh, and, and JDU. <laughs> What's going to be great is people are like, what are you talking about? And then they'll have to look it up mm-hmm. and then they'll be on board with it. <laughs> They're so arrogant. They should have to click. Okay. This him. is, this is going <laughs> to. There is no I with Jeffrey Dahmer, though. <laughs> Like in his name? No. You're right. <laughs> no, because... He, He's just dotting in a different way as <laughs> He's all. dotting in a different way. Um, somebody says this, the SEC bias in the college football playoff is real. Well, and and you're, and you're going to have, a what, a group of five, at least one group of five team that would be in there in the college football playoff? Yippee. Yeah, yippee. Uh, which I think land. is just uh, yeah, yeah. ever... Go Liberty. Yeah, right. So Take so, your beating and... 
all the publicity. I guess the, because the, we talked about this just a little bit yesterday, because I think the Big 12 will be every bit as tough, if not tougher, next year with the addition of the Arizona schools uh, plus Utah. Um, you know, because I, I, I don't think Oklahoma's been consistently good enough in college basketball to just look at that and go, well, it's not that big a deal. We're losing them. I mean, Texas has been pretty good, but they haven't they haven't had the success that Texas Tech has or or Baylor or Kansas in terms of making it to a Final Four or a national championship game uh, like those three schools have. Um, anyway, I, I think that uh, the Big 12 basketball will be as tough or tougher than it is this year with Texas and Oklahoma. And I could see, the, the obviously, Big 12 football will be very competitive and it'll be, I think, you know, give everybody will have a chance to kind of rise to the top. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. First United Bank Studio, look forward to hearing from you today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Visual Edge IT hotline is open too at 806-771-0973. You are welcome to call and uh, voice your, your thoughts and your comments, your opinions, all those kinds of things. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll do that throughout the morning as well. Hour from now, it's the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score and Dan Patrick here on Double T 97.3. Uh, just listening to uh, Two Pros and a Cup of Joe this morning. They're getting ready for uh, their Super Bowl coverage next week from uh, Radio Row. You have experience in that. And uh, apparently uh, the fellows were uh, lamenting about... Uh, trying to find a hot cup of coffee as opposed to people that were coming in with cocktails because it'll be people finishing up partying while they're getting ready for their show. <laughs> a lot of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of that going on. So There'll have people there that'll sell you coffee. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that'll that'll be coming up next week. A lot of Super Bowl coverage from uh, from Las Vegas. Do you find it? Because I, I do. I, th- I still think it's stunning that uh, the NFL is in Las Vegas uh, to a degree. I mean, obviously, it's a huge money pit. Uh, and with, you know, the NHL breaking in and 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 having tremendous success, uh, it just made sense uh, for that to, to take place. But, you know, for all the, the anti-gambling that uh, pro sports was looked at Vegas as a pariah, and now all of a sudden, Vegas has looked at as a endless pot of money. Yeah, not surprising to me. I mean, it just feels like everything now. I mean, there's gambling ads and all, everywhere. And, yeah, you know, they're major sponsors of sports and all that. So none of it's surprising. The the Oakland A's are still having some struggles um, getting tent poles in uh, in Las Vegas. They're going to uh, tear down the Tropicana, but there's a there were two different you know, like baseball writers, uh, uh, Jeff Passion being one of them from ESPN and a guy from uh, The Athletic, I believe, uh, both independently writing articles on speculation that the Oakland A's would never make it to Vegas. Um, Partly because of financing, um, partly because of just the town not wanting them, um, and um, that, you know, the... Just where they were putting it wasn't going to be a good spot. They're they're going to tear down the Tropicana and build the uh, the new A's Park there. The the other thing is is that the the ownership group has missed deadline after deadline after deadline as to where the A's were going to play in 2025. 
So they still have not determined where they're going to play next year. They were supposed to make that determination by the middle of January, then the end of January. Well, both those things have come and gone. So I suppose it probably will happen. It just is, it's not, they're not being welcomed with the opened arms that the Raiders were. Raiders are a much bigger deal yeah. than the A's. Yeah. I just hope they let the other MLB teams know which where they need to show up to play the games. That's really all I care about. Okay, in 2025? Yeah. yeah. Is let them fair? know. I don't know that this is fair, but the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, all the other franchises that are talking about going there, there's some flash to it. Like there's some flash to the sport or mm-hmm. flash to the team. And being in Vegas, it's kind of like being in, in L.A. where you've got to have the glitz and the glamour for it to get the attention. And while the the townies there uh, are are not as, you know, the people that work in Vegas as opposed to go there for a tourist destination aren't necessarily always that type of person. But that's what it takes to get the attention there because you've got all the, the shows that you could go. You could go to any show you wanted to. It's not not like everybody else where if you want to go see Boys to Men, you have to make a trip to Vegas. You live there. Well, let's just go Boys to Men this weekend. No big deal. How cool would that be, Jamie? But the A's baseball doesn't feel like Flash. It feels like the least flashy franchise in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. (laughs) And baseball in general doesn't feel like Flash. And Vegas and baseball don't seem like the same people. Yeah. And that's kind of maybe what goes to my point, too, that that just felt dumb the whole. I like it. Financially, I get why they think it would make sense. I don't feel like this makes sense. Yeah, don't know really. I mean, I'm not rooting one way or the other. Um, Don't have a strong opinion, but it doesn't feel like it's a great fit. The NFL definitely, NBA definitely feels like it fits there. Yeah, Uh, and and clearly the NHL is doing well as well. You're gonna you're gonna see the the NBA there at some point in time. All right, that sure. Uh, that was just a that was just a, a you know random thought there. Um, I, I just have all along felt like eh, man the Raiders felt like it that was a great idea. Mm-hmm. The A's don't know, yeah, don't know. But that's a franchise that's been a mess for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. To hear Chuck say that they're missing deadlines and don't know what they're doing and all that is no surprise. Yeah. Uh, somebody they, wants to know what they tropic- run their team like the, the same way. Yeah. What uh, Tropicana Field has to do with Vegas, it's in Florida, right? The Tropicana Hotel, which is in Vegas, is being torn down to make room for the new A's Field there in uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> that's 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 what it has to do with there. Uh, 8.08 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Warren Center chat line. So we'll flash forward out of that mess uh, into the 2024 Big 12 uh, conference uh, football schedule and the and the schedule that was released uh, the other day for everybody. Uh, you guys, uh, I guess, Choice Woodman uh, posed this question yesterday on the bottom line that if you could change anything about the Texas Tech football schedule, what um, what would you change? I did not hear your response, and I wanted to give Jeff and I an opportunity to kind of you know, move this around a little bit. What? What did you come up with? Oh man! So you like choices questions better than mine? No, I I, 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 did man, not. I hate losing a choice. I anything. didn't. I didn't say. I didn't <laughs> say <just> that. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this choice you speak of? I've never heard of him. Right. Um, 
Uh, my answer was uh, flip-flop Arizona State at home with uh, Iowa State on the road. Mm-hmm. So give me Iowa State early on in the season on the road so it's not as cold and break up the three in a row at home. And instead you'll finish the month of November with three out of four at home. Yeah. Instead of going two and two. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I would like to uh to, to to bust up September a little bit too. Um the uh the other the other thing is is that uh I I don't know that I would um switch out any teams because uh, that was another part of the uh, part of the component, but I'd like to I'd like to move that uh, Arizona State game uh to uh November 23rd and move the Oklahoma State game to uh uh or maybe even yeah the 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 Arizona State game I'd like to move it to uh, November 23rd and Oklahoma State to uh, September 21st just flip-flop play Oklahoma State earlier in the year and your reason uh, my reason is I'd like to finish with three at home and in a row after a, which I'd like to go home against Colorado by week home against um, Arizona State and home against West Virginia and then the other thing is I think I think you'd like to play Oklahoma State earlier than later. Why? Um, I think you might be able to catch them, catch them off guard. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I think they're going to be a good team regardless. I do too. I like the thought of that game being there as that big build up to a really, you know, two teams who have to maybe just one mm-hmm. or two losses. And yeah. That being that being a marquee game. Yeah. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.